Thank you, Jan, and thank you, Elroy, for your accompaniment this morning. So much appreciated. Today we're going to resume our study of the Gospel of Mark. We've been at this for a while now and kind of chipping away, uh, but it's all the Word of God and it's all good. So today we're going to pick it up in Mark chapter 12, verse 28. In my Bible, the section is entitled, The Greatest Commandment, and you're free to uh, follow along in the Pew Bible there if you like, page 1575, or you can simply follow the words on the screen, whatever you like. Allow me to read for you this morning from Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. Hear the word of God. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but Him. To love Him with all your heart with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, come. Speak to us. Help us. Heal us. Make us holy. Open our ears. Open our minds. Open our hearts that we may hear and not miss what the Spirit is saying to the churches, even to Grace Church today. So, Lord, use me, anoint me, anoint this message, and anoint us all as we listen and hear what it is that you want to say today to Grace Church. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. I have entitled this message, Jesus and Jumanji. Anybody here ever see or hear of those Jumanji movies? Anybody hear of those? Anybody? Have you seen anybody? Anybody seen a couple of you? A few of you have? All right. So um, if you have, I, I mean, there's a whole series out. I've only seen one. Okay, I saw the one in 2017 film, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jun Jungle with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and, and uh, Kevin Hart. Really funny, a lot of adventure, uh, kind of a fast-paced movie. It was a lot of fun. But in case you don't know, and spoiler alert here, okay, so um, the film is, it has a very interesting concept. In the 2017 Jumanji adventure, four high school kids discover an old video game console 
They're kind of messing around, and they plug it in, and they start pushing buttons, and somehow, sort of magically and mysteriously, um, there's like this, uh, you know, the things are shocking and stuff like that. They get sort of sucked in to the game, all right? So now they're sucked in to this video game, and um, they actually become the adult avatars that they chose when they wanted to play the game. And so now they're in the game, and to beat the game and return to the real world, they must go on the most dangerous adventure of their lives and change the way that they think about themselves, or they'll be stuck in the game forever to be played by others without break. Okay, it gets exhausting. All right. It's an interesting concept, getting sucked into a a video game and actually becoming a part of that game, that story. Did you know that God is inviting you in to His grand story? God wants you to become a part and a participant in His grand scheme of redemption, His mission and work on planet Earth today. Not to remain passive, not to remain on the sidelines, not to simply watch others play the game. In fact, this is no game at all. It's real, it's live, and it's your life. And even today, God is inviting you and me, all of us, even Grace Church, to participate in His story, in His movie, in this interactive drama here and now, still unfolding in 2023. You and I get to be a part of God's great adventure with our lives. A meaningful adventure that will change your life for the better forever. The dialogue between Jesus and an inquisitive Jewish legal expert in Mark chapter 6 is an excellent case study of how one man can change the story. We often read this story and focus on Jesus' response to the man's question. What is the greatest commandment of all? And of course, Jesus gives us the greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And rightly so. That's central and core to our faith and to Christianity, to what it means to follow Jesus. We'll focus more on that piece next week, but today... I invite you with me to kind of step back to sort of zoom out and look at the bigger picture. What is happening here is too important not to be said, not to notice. Today we focus on the process by which Jesus' words and the greatest commandment came about. Examining Jesus' dialogue with a man, we learn three vital lessons. Three surprising things about God as illustrated by Jesus Christ in this story. Number one, God is approachable. Just say it with me. God is approachable. Many of us were taught at a young age, maybe growing up in Sunday school even, that, you know, God is out there. God is high above us. God is up in heaven. He is far removed from us. 
We're taught that God transcends this world. We're taught that God is supernatural. He's unseen. He's invisible. We're taught to fear God, and all of that is true. But I want to submit to you this morning that God is also intimately involved in human affairs. God is also present with us personally on planet Earth. God, kind of like the game Jumanji, is interacting with our lives. Even as we are taught to fear God, Jesus makes it clear that God in the person of Jesus is also approachable. God coming to earth in the person of Jesus to be near to us demonstrates that God is approachable. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1.14 says, And this Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. By coming from heaven to earth to walk in our shoes as a human being, as one of us, God in Jesus demonstrates that He is approachable even as God approaches us in human form. And while on this earth, all you have to do is read the Gospels to study the life of Jesus to know that God in Jesus can be approached with humility. In Mark chapter 12, a Jewish teacher of the law approaches Jesus with a friendly question. Now remember, Jesus has been fielding a lot of hostile questions, a lot of skeptics about Him. He's been fielding those questions, but today we have one that actually has a, has a fair question, a friendly question. Jesus, of all of the commandments, which is the most important? Jewish rabbis counted about 613 different statutes of the law, different laws, different rules. And they often tried to distinguish between heavy or great commands and light or little commands. After all, 613, uh, that's a lot to keep track of. We have trouble with just 10, right? So it's a fair question. He just eagerly wants to know. Jesus' response begins with a Jewish confession of faith known as the Shema taken from Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. It's, said, it's even spoken by Jews today. It's a part of their core confession of faith. But then Jesus goes on to quote from Leviticus 19.18. Here's the, here's the core of it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And again, more on that next Sunday. The point I'm making today is that God is a God who is approachable. Contrary to old religious thought, God welcomes you. God is big enough to handle your questions. God is not threatened by your concerns or challenges. In fact, God invites you to come to Him, even as we see today, to have a conversation with Him. God wants to hear from His beloved children. The psalmist said in 62 verse 8, Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. In 2 Chronicles 7 14, we read, The Lord says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. In Philippians 4 verse 6, 
Paul writes these words, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And Jesus himself, in Matthew 7, verses 7 through 11, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. Friends, God is practically begging us to ask him, to come to him, to pray to him, to relate to him, to approach him. And no request is too small, too silly, too big, too hard, or too much. For Almighty God, He can handle it. He can handle your questions, even your doubts. Mark 12 reminds us, first of all, that God is approachable and has an open-door policy with His people. And the question I want to ask you today is, what do you need to bring to Jesus today? What do you need to bring to Jesus today? Is there a question? Is there a burden? Is there a request? Is there a frustration? Is there a, a confession or a praise or a thanksgiving? What do you need to approach God with and to bring to Jesus today? God is approachable. Number two, God is interactive. Just say it with me. God is interactive. This is another surprise for many of us, the second part of the equation. Have you ever heard the expression, God is immutable? So we had, you know, pastors, you know, teachers, God is immutable. What does it mean? It's a big fancy word that simply means that God never changes. God is unmoved. God never budges. God is absolute. And of course, this is a major theme of Scripture, right? Psalm 18, verse 2, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God is my rock in whom I take refuge. In Matthew 3, 6, For I, the Lord, do, or Malachi 3, 6, For I, the Lord, do not change. And in Hebrews 13, 8, we read that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Praise God, our Lord is a constant and unshakable figure in a tipsy-topsy world of turmoil and ongoing change and collapse. He is rock solid. Amen? But even as the character and moral essence of God do not change, even as those things are absolutes, God is holy, God is truth, God is loving, God is God, nothing will ever change that. It does not mean that God is rigid or unbending to your needs and concerns, questions, or problems. Thankfully, God tailors His methods and means, His ways of dealing with us to bend and suit our unique styles and personalities. God, by His Spirit, speaks to me differently than He speaks to you. We may read the same Bible verse, but are led to differing interpretations. What one Bible verse says to me today may say something totally different to me a year from now in a different context. You see, God by His Spirit relates, 
responds and reveals to each of us uniquely. He's responsive, he's conversive, he's interactive, kind of like Jumanji. Today's passage is a case in point. Jesus takes the time to dialogue with this inquisitive teacher of Jewish law. Out of all the commandments, which is the greatest? Jesus gives him the answer to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, etc. The legal expert uh, affirms Jesus' answer even, uh, even elaborates on it. Yeah, well said, teacher. Uh, you are right in saying that there is one God and there is no one but Him to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. To love your neighbor as yourself. It's more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. The, the exchange continues. In verse 34, Jesus now compliments the man, encouraging him spiritually, and says, you are not far from the kingdom of God. There's a dialogue that's going on. Do you get it? God is dialectic. He's interactive. This is how God relates to us, to you, to me, to His children. Thankfully, God is not a cold, frozen, inanimate block of ice. God is warm, tender, caring, bending, forgiving, loving. God coming to earth in the form of Jesus was itself a concession and a bending of Almighty God down to our humanity, was it not? Remember the story of Jonah and the Ninevites from the Old Testament. After Jonah proclaimed judgment from God, the people decided to pray and seek God and see if God would change his mind. And here's what we read in Jonah chapter 3, verse 10. When God saw their deeds, that they turned from their wicked way, then God relented concerning the calamity that He had declared He would bring upon them, and He did not do it. Very interesting. God changed His mind. Similarly, we read in Amos chapter 7, verse 3, the Lord changed His mind about this. It says, it shall not be, said the Lord. And Jeremiah tells the people of Judah in chapter 26, verse 13, Now therefore, amend your ways and your deeds, and obey the voice of the Lord your God, and the Lord will change His mind about the misfortune which He has pronounced against you. Apparently, women are not the only ones who have the prerogative of changing their mind. God can change His mind. Did you know that? He's interactive. Remember Moses and the Israelites fighting a battle with the Amalekites in Exodus chapter 17? As long as Moses stood on the mountain with his arms outstretched to heaven in prayer, the Israelites were winning. But as soon as he grew tired and his arms began to slump and he stopped praying, the Amalekites were winning. There's a cause and effect between what's going on here. God is interactive. Friends, God is an interactive God. He is not the immovable mover. He is alive and active in your life and mine, bending, forgiving, hearing our prayers, answering our prayers, and maybe even negotiating with us about outcomes. The good news is your prayers, your lifestyle, your actions make a difference. God is listening. God is watching. 
God is responding to you. God is working with you. Amen? Amen. God is approachable. God is interactive. Thirdly, God is personal. Just say it with me. God is personal. Do you know the old TV show, Cheers? Ted Danson and Kelsey Grammer and remember Woody? Remember Cheers? Anybody remember Cheers, that old show? Yeah. If you do, you might remember the opening theme song, and you might remember one of the lines in the song, which said, sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. How many of you know that this world can be cold and impersonal? Many people don't even look you in the eye. Pick a number. Stand in line. I was in McDonald's the other week getting a fish sandwich. Serving number 337. It's like, wow. They have a lot of customers that day, I guess. Press zero to speak to an operator. Be sure to write your account number on your check, your number. It's easy to be overlooked, even not be noticed. People sometimes say to me, it's good to see you, Pastor. I say, it's good to be seen. It's good to be seen. The good news today is God sees you. God knows your name. I love the name of that Haiti mission organization where just last month, late last month, I believe it was, an American nurse and her child were kidnapped. Um, Do you remember hearing about that? I think it was late July, late last month, and uh, thankfully they were, they were released eventually. But do you remember the name of that Haitian mission? Do you know what it was? It was Elroy. <laughs> okay. okay, not this Elroy. It was E-L, capital R-O-I, transliteration of a Hebrew word in the Old Testament found in the story of Hagar. And it means, literally, the God who sees. The God who sees. Elroy. Did you, did you catch that? E-L-R-O-I. That's, that's, that was the name of that mission. I love that name. I thought, wow, that is so good. God sees. God sees you today, my friends. God saw the Jewish legal expert in today's passage, and he related to him not as a number, Not as one more hostile question by someone out to get him. It would have been easy for Jesus to just, oh, brother, you guys don't, you just keep coming. No, he treated him personally. He didn't dismiss him or try to set him straight. He treated him as a real human being with a legitimate question. Jesus dealt with him on a personal basis, took his question seriously, gave the man his time and answered him thoughtfully. Probably looked him in the eye, and he opened his heart to him. And God sees you today. God sees your hurts. God sees your hang-ups and your habits, even your bad habits and your sins. And God sees your wounds and your worries and your weekly and daily routines and challenges. And God sees your joys and your delights and your praises and thanksgiving 
He sees your dreams and your shattered dreams, your disappointments and dissatisfaction, your despair and depression. God sees it all. God sees you today. And the good news is He's approachable, He's interactive, and He's personal. He knows your name. I love that remote verse in Revelation chapter 2, verse 17, a, a passage which speaks of kind of the end times, those who've made it through the tribulation, those who've made it through the trying times that are even upon us now, today, on planet earth. And, and to them God says, to him who overcomes, I will give him a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to him who receives it. Sometimes a husband and wife have pet names for each other. So I thought it'd be interesting if we just went around and shared that this morning. What are you? No, no. We've... Boyfriends and girlfriends in high school sometimes refer to each other in cute ways. Some people are given nicknames by their friends. Your mom or dad may have had a special or choice name for you or two. But here we learn that God has a special name just for you that's known only between you and Him. A name that is so unique and so intimate, it refers only to you. It is tailored to your unique personality, your characteristics. When I get to heaven, it's not going to be, hey, baldy. You know, it's not, I don't think it's going to. It's more like the faithful one. Or the conscientious one, or the one who worried too much, or my beloved. Out of nearly 8 billion people, God knows your name. He knows you, and He sees you, and He relates to you personally. You are special to Him, and God sees you. My question and challenge for you today is how will you enter into God's story? Because He is inviting you in. Not to be a spectator on the sidelines. Not merely to come to church and do the religious thing and maybe participate in a Bible study or read your Bible and pray. Those are all good things. Don't get me wrong. No, God is inviting you to participate, to jump in with both feet. To be a part of the game of life. But we're not playing a game or watching the movie Jumanji. God is calling you into His divine story, and it's very serious because eternal lives are at stake. This story is still unfolding. In the past, it was people like Abraham and Joseph and Moses and Esther and Ruth and David, and Mary, and Peter, or Paul, or John, or Bartholomew, or Dorcas. Today, it's people like Jan, or Lenita, or Dan, or Herb, or John, or Debbie, or Sue, or Bruce, or Nicholas. People like Don, or Debbie, or Colleen. People like us that God is calling to be a part of His grand adventure.
Notice what a difference this Jewish teacher of the law's question had. He asked an honest question, and Jesus revealed the greatest commandment ever. One of the most core teachings in all of Christianity. This man's question produced, revealed that to all of us. What will your questions reveal? What will your actions accomplish? Whom will your words impact? Whom will your deeds influence? Because God is calling you to be an actor, a player in God's great adventure today and every day. Thankfully, the movie is still unfolding. The story is still being revealed. And you and me and all of us at Grace Church, we are a primary actor in the story. God is approachable. God is interactive. God is personal. Let's pray. Father, we come before you today. And truth be told, sometimes we may feel invisible to those around us. Invisible to parents, invisible to teachers, invisible to our boss or a coworker, invisible sometimes to our own children or grandchildren. And we're just so thankful today that there's this story of a man who approaches you with a good question, that you are approachable, that you're interactive, that you're personal. We just thank you to never give up on us. So forgive us, Lord, when we revere you so much that we forget to relate to you. For today, you're calling us again into relationship with God the Father through Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Move us and work in us and use us and use Grace Church to do mighty things for you. We ask it and we pray it in the strong name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. We welcome all who are visiting today. It is so good to have you here today. We welcome you back, and it's good to be in our own service, if you will, uh, with music that you love, that we love, and uh, so praise God for that. A big thank you to everybody who came to our Sunday in the Park service, which was here in the church last week. So uh, due to the rain, we're forced inside, but as I mentioned in my uh, email that I sent out earlier this week and also in the bulletin today, lots of reasons to rejoice. Uh, more than 80 people attended, several visitors, several children. Uh, some of the visitors, first time, never been in a church before. Some of them had not been in church for a very long time. Others who were at one point self-professed atheists who were here. And that's significant. And not only did they meet us in the park, but they came into these doors. That's a big step for some of these visitors. And so, praise God. Thank you for all your prayers. For those of you who passed out uh, inserts, flyers, for those of you who prayed, for those of you who brought food, for those of you who helped lead worship or helped in the kitchen or led children's games. We thank you. 
Uh, today, uh, I, it is with great pleasure that I announce to you that the consistory has selected a next generation ministry leader from among the two candidates that we had, both good candidates. Uh, but as you can see in the bulletin, we have chosen Nadia Boyke. She's no stranger to this congregation. Her and Kevin and their kids were involved some years ago before kind of moving back to the Cedar Rapids, Marion area. Uh, they're back in town, and uh, they feel called to become a part of Grace Church. And uh, we're running slightly ahead of schedule. We'll see. I think Nadia was going to make an announcement this morning. We'll see if she makes it, and uh, hopefully she's not sleeping in today. But, uh, but we're so honored that, this, uh, that God has provided and has led us to this point, and so we're grateful for that. And uh, with that, there are several prayer items listed in the bulletin of people in need. Let us turn our attention to prayer. Oh, here's Nadia. Before we do that, let's let her speak. So, You're going to come right down. You are not late. You were right on time, exactly when I said. I'm early today. So, awesome. yeah. Awesome. So, Nadia, again, is our new Next Generation Ministry Leader, and uh, she would like to share a little bit. So, welcome. Good to Thank see you. you today. Thank yeah. you. I'm, yeah. like, right on time. This is the first time in my life. Yeah. Um, I always run late, I swear. Um, no, I just wanted to say good morning to everyone um, and just that I'm very thankful and feel very blessed to be able to um, come back to church and feel welcomed as I have been. And I'm so excited. I have so, so, so much enthusiasm and just love for our youth. Um, and I just a lot of ideas and different things swirling through my head. Thankfully, I have Pastor Dave to help like keep me level like, hey, we can't go crazy, right? We got to like one thing at a time. Um, just wanted to do a big thank you and just how blessed I feel to be here. Um, and just if any of you feel, you know, called to help in any way, shape, or form, there's so many different kind of facets to the youth ministry that we are always calling to have any sort of help for anything. Um, that if any of you kind of feel that in your heart, just reach out to me. I believe my phone number is in the bulletin for this week um, for the service. So. Just call me, text me, anything like that. I'm very open. I most of the time have my phone. You might hear my toddler in the background, though, so just kind of bear with me on that. He's very loud. Um, he is at home today. But, um, but yeah, so if any of you feel called, we definitely need a lot of help. I'm, I'm one person. I try to do everything, and I'm very energetic, as my husband reminds me. Sometimes I have to tone it down a little. But, um, but I'm really excited, and I'm happy to have anyone's help that is willing, um, offering, even if you can't every week, you know, that's okay too, just any time, once a month even, once every two months, maybe just one special Wednesday night that you can help out with, it'd be really, really helpful to me. Um, just really excited to get in there and meet everyone and get back into the groove of things and just see how great God can work through our youth. Thank you guys, amen. 